Welcome to Females and Fine Fettle, from Wiped Out to Wealthy. This is where conscientious women entrepreneurs and women living like a boss come to learn about balancing their personal and professional wellness with ease. If you have the enthusiasm, motivation, and grit to make it happen, then listen up every Monday. To be sure you don't miss an episode, sign up for weekly updates at femalesandfinefettle.com. The following discussion is for educational purposes only and is not intended to diagnose or treat any disease. Please don't apply any of this information without first speaking with your doctor. Now, here are your hosts, Ashley Rose and Dr. Michelle, functional medicine doctor, naturopathic physician, and East Asian medical practitioner. Hey there, Dr. Michelle here, and welcome to another episode and a very special interview I've been really looking forward to. This week, we had the pleasure of speaking with Rachel Monique Maskell, who defines herself as living in the circle, the circle representing the whole, the triune, and cycles of life. She's a lifelong entrepreneur, mother and wife, who is an advocate for bringing ritual back and integrating ancient wisdoms into modern day. She birthed story medicine and story circles to help women heal by connecting to our shared narrative. When we come to circle and share our stories, we learn that we're not alone. Rachel furthers this message through her video series, Story of Her. From reflecting on our interview together, it's really clear that her work helps women not only reconnect to themselves and other women in the community, but also helps restore the powerful energy, the balance, and the connection that we, as women, inherently have to our natural environment. It was such a joy speaking with her, so I'm so glad you're here with us. Let's get started. Welcome, Rachel. Um, Let's go ahead and test your intuition. What is the first question you think I'm going to ask you? Um, I would ask myself, who am I and why am I here right now? (laughs) (laughs) Something along those lines. Yes. Uh, Oh, so it's actually a question. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Tell 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 me, just introduce yourself a little bit and tell our audience kind of what What's going on in your world? Who are you? And why do you do what you do? (laughs) Well, my name is Rachel Monique Maskell. Um, I am, let's see, you know, I always hate defining myself. I was having to like update my bio and and I'm like, oh, put myself in a box. Um, However, I, um, I started this called story medicine and story circles, which we'll talk about today, my journey of how I got there. And really, I, I my vision is helping to bring women together in a harmonious way so that we can uh, really heal. And I believe kind of the world where we're at right now is looking for women to set the container and the structure by which um, men can like have a place to come home to. And I think that starts with hearing our stories, being able to have the space to hear our stories, to share our stories in a non-judgmental space, um, and for others to, to hold space so that when we hear each other's stories, we recognize, hey, actually, your story is my story. And um, through that, we... we I think we we stop judging, uh, or at least the the tendency to judge goes down. And I've kind of been on this path through um, my own work, but I'm a mom. I have a four and a half year old, a wife, and and uh, a wonderful husband who's really out there in the 
alternative, integrative, functional medicine space. <laughs> um, and uh, a recent addition to our family is a dog named Pierre, who is a little multi-poo and super cute and lots of fun to have around. <laughs> so that's kind of me in a big overview nutshell. Uh, I love it. I love that you brought up that um, the judgment and kind of using stories as a way to decrease judgment. That's, I think, so huge. And I think that's a big, um, a huge deal for women. I mean, growing up in the media, it's always, women tend to always be comparing and yeah, that's that's really cool. Yeah. yeah, it's been part of my own journey. You know, really. Come, I, I used to live in, or we used to live in New York and in Brooklyn, and I had, you know, a pretty decent group of friends there, girlfriends, and um, and then when my daughter was born there, and when she was two, about two years old, we were like it's time to leave New York. Like I was really tired of the winters and and having to do that juggle mm-hmm. with the little one. And at that point, we didn't have to be there anymore. And I was just like, okay, let's let's go. And we spent about 18 months, almost two years, actually, um, traveling around um, and using different places as home base. So I used my mom's a bit in Sacramento um, for like a summer. And then we'd spend like a month in L.A. or six weeks here and there and trying to figure out like, well, where is it that we want to land? Because we, we traveled through Europe and we did, you know, we were thinking maybe San Francisco. Um, and we really decided on Venice and in and, and SoCal um, for a few reasons. One uh, one of them is just like, I love palm trees and sunshine, and I <laughs> wanted to give that a go. Um, but it's just been amazing, um, the, the, the women here. Mm. I, I feel like I arrived in L.A., and this may be counterintuitive to what everybody thinks about L.A., and maybe all, and, you know, all of L.A. is not the same, mm-hmm. but I arrived to Venice, and I just found the most amazing group of women who are all looking to do really cool, uh, like just in the entrepreneurial space, doing really cool stuff. And, um, and it's really helped me to frame to just this next stage and, and, and healing around women and our relationships with each other. That's so cool. (laughs) I I feel like that almost answers the next question, but you can ask or add anything that you want to, but what was, um, what was the key driving force for you to become sort of a ladypreneur, a woman entrepreneur? Ooh. Okay. So this kind of sets up, I'm going to share my transition story. Awesome. (laughs) That that cool. Um, so I, I would say the very first thing with that is I have never grown up in, in a world of nine to five. Um, my mom was a massage therapist for about 30 years. Um, well, more than that, she's, she's now actually doing gerontology as well, but mm. has always been kind of a work for herself. Um, and then my dad was a restaurateur. Um, so kind of grew up in that industry and then he's, he became an artist. Um, so I never really had a model of like corporate world and I always was like dabbling and, um, dabbled in many things. And one of the things I did was, um, website and design for, um, for the health industry. And that was really powerful, um, and had a, had a lot of uh, momentum that way. And then kind of as when I had my daughter, 
it began this next transition for me, which was looking at the mum's face. Mm. Um, and while I was running my um, website and design company, I started doing this podcast in the series called Mum Boss, M-U-M-B-O-S-S. Um, and it really was designed initially to just an exploration of kind of my journey as motherhood mother. And this was during that time when we were traveling, right? So we were on the road and I was recording uh, just like all this ambient background stuff and our journeys and, you know, being a mom and being a wife and being a boss and traveling. And I was putting all that together while I was also running this company. Oh and, and it was like very NPR. And I was just like doing all the production and recording. I was like, this is really unsustainable. <laughs> like Editing through 30 hours of audio for 30 minutes. Oh. Yeah, not, not going to happen. So after the first year of that, I was like, well, what am I going to do next? Um, and I started recording other moms and learning from them and a lot of people in the health space, um, because that was kind of my tribe. I'm like, how do you do this? And how do you deal with mom guilt? And, and how do we create this balance and not lose our identity during, through that process? Um, and again, recording everywhere that I was traveling and really, um, loving that, um, which inspired me to create uh, an Indiegogo campaign earlier this year in April, March, April. Um, I think it was March, actually. Um, and the whole Indiegogo campaign was for this idea called Mumbox, M-U-M-B-O-X. And the idea was um, a subscription box, a quarterly subscription box filled with products for moms to nourish themselves and to remind themselves the importance of self-care because throughout all the recordings and everything that I was learning through these other women was that, mm. you know, the, the need to take a time out, the need to put ourselves first, the need to nourish ourselves and to not think of that as something that is uh, just nice and a luxury, but a necessity in order for us to be able to show up mm -hmm. for our family, our ourselves, our world. Yeah. And and that was great. Like I was really, really loving that. Um, but and I should say, and the women who received the the who who signed up for the box loved it. And most women just did the 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 single box. So I had an option of single box or the subscription box. Mm -hmm. And and the response was great. Uh Except if, if you kind of trend, what am I trying to say? Like go further into the future. Like, so then I start progressing. I, again, I was realizing, oh, I love this idea, but it's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. And I really, there are these moments where I have to look at my life and go like, okay, where am I at in my world? Where is my family at in the world? What's required of me? And really what? what's going to be sustainable for me for the next while, because honestly, keep shifting gears. That's not good for me, right. nor is it good for my community because it, it shows this kind of like, God, she doesn't know what she's doing. does she? You know? like, so it's kind of that fine balance of going like, she's crazy and unsustainable, you know, like all over the place to like, wow, that's really giving me setting the stage for letting me in my own world say it's okay to shift gears. Yeah. So that kind of sets you up for where, for, for moving into where I'm at next, but I'm, I'm going to 
pause for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I One of the things I really liked about um, the idea of Mumbox when you were doing it is that when I talk to a lot of women um, about self-care in particular, you know, it's, it's easy for me to recommend it and see where it's needed or when it's needed. But a lot of women that I speak with are like, okay, yeah, that sounds nice, but I like I don't know what that is like that does not really compute (laughs) because we're in this like constant obviously you know like this go 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 and it's like they don't have that downtime enough or as frequently and so having some sort of a self-care plan or some sort of a self-care activity is kind of unknown to them so the mum box I liked the idea of it because it kind of I don't know, gave some guidance or gave some like tools, like tangible tools for them to be like, okay, like this is self-care. Okay. Like I can do this. Yes. No, I love that. And that's, that was actually my, my, my purpose behind it. And I still think it's a great idea. And it's one that I've kind of tabled, although I would encourage anybody who has the resources and like the connections to bring this to life, to do it, (laughs) because I do think there's a need for it. Mm. And I really, and it was fun. Like my favorite part was putting together the boxes and thinking about all the stuff to put in it, which was (laughs) like, I, I mean, I, and like, I feel like I, 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 you know, being able to curate and I broke it up into these different, um, different aspects of self. Mm. And, um, if you look on my website now, you'll see these symbols as my logo and they take us, it's really this, I describe it as the journey to self. Um, and, and also it's kind of like another way of looking at it is the heroine's journey where we go into the dark. We, we have to look at these certain aspects of ourselves. We work with them. We take these action steps and then we move out into a new place with ourselves, mm-hmm. like a, up that spiral. Um, so the first, the first uh, step was about self-reflection and taking that time to go inwards, taking that quiet time. So the items in that section were designed to help us to pause mm-hmm. and reflect. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next step is self-realization. So what are the things now... Uh, that we know now that we didn't before after taking that time out. And so in that that section were things to help support ritual, um, which I am a massive proponent of ritual, um, even more so than I was when I started that box. Mm. Um, and then we move into self-actualization. So now it's moving from the kind of internal thought processes and awareness into the doing, you know, into the physical world. So like, what are the action steps now that we could take? And so these were, um, things about, you know, bringing, bringing ideas into form. And then the, the last one was the last step was self-expression. So the items in this section were, um, creative, just things that I, I think we had, that was something around like making your own postcards and sending them out and mm. you know, just something about taking that time for ourselves to, to have creative expression. And it's an area that we tend to just think again, as like, oh, well, it's a luxury or, you know, it's something that maybe I'll do a craft with my kid once a month. Right. But in, in truth, it's, I think it's a big part, particularly for women, where we need to create that space for uh, expression, it self-expression. absolutely is. And that, like, second chakra, like, our ovaries as women, that whole center is our creative center. And I feel like when that gets shut down, you know, there can be a lot of issues with hormonal imbalances and fertility. Like, so much revolves around mm. that creativity and that creative expression. So that's, that's cool. I was kind of getting chills while you were <laughs> explaining that whole process. I love it. <laughs> um, awesome. So uh, was there anything else you wanted to say about that? 
No, just that like I've really that that process is something that I've pulled into this this kind of shift that I've um, moved into with story medicine because I feel like that framework is still very important and foundational for uh, dive d- yeah, dive deeping into ourselves. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, awesome. Um, okay, how do you stay motivated when things don't go as planned? Um, I have to take a, a, you know, I have to follow my own guidance and my, my kind of like directions. Mm -hmm. So I really, I have to take a moment and, and just like chill. And, and that's usually just pausing, um, taking a moment to meditate, writing. I do a lot of freeform writing so I could get out of my head and talking to mentors Mm -hmm. because there, there's sometimes it's like, there's only so far I could take it with myself. Um, and I often need somebody that has my best intentions at heart, but is also not inside my head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> and, and I've got a few women now that I can reach out to and, and they will give me some like next steps or send a video my way or just say like, hey, you know, hey, just you've got this and help me to remember that this is all part of the journey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what book or person has inspired you the most? Um, okay. So now you're about to get me on a rant. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I have just finished a book that has changed my life. Um, it's called the great cosmic mother Mm -hmm. rediscovering the religion of the earth. This book was written in 1986, and it is the Bible for every woman who is waking up. Mm. Um, I will just put this out there that I am trying to get this book on audio. Um, The authors are both deceased. Um, Just FYI, her daughter lives in Portland and I'm trying to build a relationship with her. Oh my gosh, (laughs) that would be so awesome. (laughs) You could choose to keep this in there or cut it out, but I'm just saying she's in Portland. Awesome. (laughs) Um, Anyway, this book is, she, it's because it's like a thousand pages. I don't know. I have it on my Kindle and it's like, it's, it's a very dense and um, like, it's a big read. (laughs) And, and at the same time, I just think the information in it is so powerful. So what she does is she takes us through uh, the end of the Paleolithic through the Neolithic time. And she sets up this story where um, we understand what society was like in a matrifocal, matrilineal uh, way, where mm-hmm. that was the kind of rhythm of our of society, of our culture to the progression into the patriarchal um, structure that we are still in today. Um, How did we get here? What are the implications of living in this society? What it's done to women? Um, And how, what it is that, the steps that we need to take to move out of this framework. It has answered every single question 
that I have ever had growing up. Whoa. It has helped me understand, and I'm about to cry. Oh. It, it has helped me understand all the pain that I've ever felt as a woman, all the disconnect, all the confusion, and has given me compassion and understanding for like why we are where we're at today, why our men mm-hmm. are, 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 are struggling, why we have so much prostitution and sexual slavery and, and the outbreaks and all the stories of Me Too, it answers that for me. Wow. And and I, I'm at a place right now where I'm like, I know so many women and men who, who need to hear this story, who need to have a reference point of, of who we used to be, of what it was like, not, not like women in charge, which is the way that we want to like reframe, like the, the patriarchal uh, mentality wants to reframe the matrifocal mm-hmm. story, but that's not it. You know, w- w- the way that I have really kind of, I've been meditating on and, and kind of praying is like, what is a, what is new language? What is new language for these two time periods, these two different cultures that we have our that is in our DNA, right? That's in our genetic structure because we've been there. Mm-hmm. And the way that I have kind of looked to the, what my download was as, as of yesterday, actually, mm-hmm. um, is that in our first culture, in our this first time frame where it was um, matriarchal, that is the time of the circle. That is the time of where we um, we where life, death, rebirth was all considered part of the whole, that there was always this triune and this integration of, it wasn't black and white, you know, it wasn't life and death, day and night. These were all part of the circular whole. Mm. Um, And there was harmony in that. And as we shifted into the patriarchal, which I'm now describing as the triangle the it no longer became this every kind of this harmony and everything and union it became uh polar so if you think of the Taoist symbol the yin and yang mm-hmm. that was the original meaning you know it's just kind of that whole that unity mm-hmm. the the snake eating its tail those were all one kind of unifying symbol um as we when we moved into the triangular frame of thought that has become uh, dual, dualism. And we see this, the way that our society works is really top down. And all of this is just like, had this like brain fart of like, well, of course, like this, this, all the arguments around the 1%, like, oh, the 1% get everything and all the 99% was like, yes, of course, we're living in the structure, structure of a triangle. Mm. Why, why would we expect anything different? Mm-hmm. Whereas now where I feel like what, what moving into this third culture, and by the way, the, the first culture, second culture and third culture, I got out of a book called calling in the circle. But what I see, what, where I'm taking this is where I think the third culture is really about the harmony between the circle and the triangle. It's this, this union and the integration of both so that the, the circle allows us to create the container in which everyone is heard, in which there is real community and, and um, inclusion. 
And the triangle, that structure, that hierarchical structure is what allows us to actually get stuff done. And we need both. Mm-hmm. And one is not better than the other. Mm-hmm. But through the, the integration of those, I believe that we can really allow uh, both the right elements of both aspects to come into being. Mm. That is extremely powerful. <laughs> it almost it were kind of it kind of sounds like it's going almost back to that original meaning of the yin and yang or the taiji. It's like that dynamic balance. It's like you can't have one without the other. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, And and if if you allow me to rant just a little bit more. Please, yeah, go for it. (laughs) Um, And you, I am sure you'll appreciate this in in the health world. Um, One of the things that I believe we are carrying around in our DNA, particularly in women, is 4,000 years of witch hunt mm-hmm. and women uh, slaughter, essentially. So in, in this transition from this circle into the triangle, everything had to change. We had to shift the narrative. So even our mythologies from where the earth birthed the sky and sun to now the mythology being essentially that uh, the sun god killed the mother, or in all of our religion and mythology, the, the mother, the woman, is really comes down to, to almost not even a necess- necessary part of the narrative. Mm-hmm. And if she is, it's simply to give birth to the man. Mm. And you see this through all of our religion, you see this through mythology, and why is the left, why was the story that the left hand is bad? It's the creative feminine side. Mm-hmm. Why did dark become bad, be evil? Because it's feminine, the feminine, yeah. the moon, yeah. evil. Uh, if you learned anything, if you knew anything about plants, witchcraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you followed the lunar calendar, witchcraft, right? So you, and, and, and you, there's, it's, historical, literally 4,000 years of killing women for having this connection to Mother Earth and telling the story to us that our only value is in procreation, mm. that, that we are not designed for anything else other than to give birth to men, and we are not clean, right? So men now have this, so women now are disconnected to the very thing that we are, Anatomically, that is not correct because we have the clitoris Mm -hmm. and the clitoris is purely designed for pleasure. Eight, what is it? 8,000 neurotransmitters or, um, you know, yeah, uh, not neurotransmitters, but neurons, neurons (laughs) just, just for pleasure. Men don't have that. So now, now we have in our world, in our society, we've set up where women are disconnected to us, disconnected to a great mother. Even though we have our lunar cycle, we have our menses that is directly connected to the cycle of nature. Mm -hmm. So we're disconnected to that. So we're disconnected to ourselves um, and we're disconnected to each other. So we, it even set up this, this paradigm of where we can't trust one another. Mm -hmm. 
So with women, this breakdown of this container of women, now we have men who have a disconnect to the feminine because they, they don't have that safety. They don't really getting that, uh, I think the upbringing and the, the connection with their mother that is intimate in a way that allows them to really, uh, understand woman mm-hmm. and women, I think because of all this fear are also, you know, uncertain of, of like, how do I raise my boy to be the man that I would want to marry? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cause that's awkward, yeah, right? Yeah. Like that relationship <laughs> is really awkward and we haven't re- healed that. So now men are disconnected to all of this, the, the, the actual divine feminine. And so we, we have women in our lives so that we could procreate and we have women in our lives that we could fuck. Mm. And those, that, that is the polarity that we see now. Right. Mm -hmm. So this is why, again, the circle and story medicine and story circles and why one of the main reasons why, actually it wasn't the reason why I got into this, but it's definitely the reason that's propelling me even deeper into this direction is the need for women to, to really heal our relationship with self and our relationship with each other and this circle and coming into this safe space where we can share our narrative. So it doesn't just become like, why, why, why is like self care so difficult? There's a deeper narrative there. Absolutely. And that deeper narrative is our disconnect to ourselves. Right. And that unworthiness, I feel like I see a lot. Yes. Mm -hmm. Wowza. Some serious stuff. That's good. <laughs> I did have a question. Sorry, some downloads for you. <laughs> so, so good. My mind's like, pew, pew, pew. Um, it's awesome. The You mentioned another book briefly um, when you were referring to, I think you said the three cultures. Was it Calling in the Circle? Is that what you said? Calling in the Circle. Okay. Yes. Okay. I just want to make sure I write it down so I can include both those books in the show notes. Awesome. Yeah. And Calling in the Circle was was published in like the 90s. So like, it's interesting, I'm finding that I'm going back to some of this work that was done, you know, decades ago. Um, And I think there's a greater audience now that is ready to take this information forward. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things that I feel about living in Venice is like, we're so much more in this path in, in, in the harmony of the circle or in the world of the circle, mm-hmm. um, which is definitely like a little bubble. Cause I know this isn't, everybody doesn't have this in their world. Right. Yeah, absolutely. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, okay. You ready for the next question? <laughs> ready. Okay. Um, what is the most terrifying, risky, or profound decision you've had to make in regards to your business or your life? <laughs> I mean, the most, I I would say the most relevant thing right now was this transition from mom boss into story medicine. Um, And I say that because like just initiating an Indiegogo campaign and like putting my husband put it out to his community and I had friends who put it out to their community and I obviously put it out to my community and like that was a really big thing you know Mm. like have this vision feel really excited about the vision put it out there with this like again it was going to be a subscription box and I was like I had this vision of what I wanted to do and how I was going to do it and I initiated that and I moved it out 
And literally, I see, everybody got them in time for Mother's Day. So that was May. Mm -hmm. So May, June, July, August, September, four four or five months later, Mm -hmm. like shifting gears and publicly putting that out on my Facebook group, Mm -hmm. sending emails and just saying like, hi, guys. Yep, I'm shifting gears. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So again, it kind of goes to that back to that kind of fear of judgment, right? (laughs) You know, it's, it's the transition you needed to make and the space that you needed to create in your life. But that fear and that like, ah, um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, you mentioned, uh, before we started talking, like earlier, you mentioned this, this idea of reflection and gratitude. Mm -hmm. And, and this story for me was really about reflection and gratitude. Mm -hmm. Um, because I was looking down the barrel and I was like, okay, that was, that was like successful ish. (laughs) Like I didn't hit my, my thing, my goal, fine. I got pretty close to it. It was successful in like just the massive amounts that I learned and like putting myself out there and, you know, trying to grow something. Um, and at, in June I met, actually I met her in May, but in June I started working with this woman, Tara Parker Tate, um, who does wholehearted coaching or wholehearted retreats. And in the very first day, she asked me, she set up the framework to be, well, if, if it wasn't for your, like, I don't want you to think about what your community wants you to do or what you think your community wants you to do. I want you to think about what it is that you really want to do and what's sustainable to you. Mm-hmm. And that was a big question for me because my husband's an entrepreneur. He's got not one direct, not like one thing he's creating, not two, but like three, four, five at any given time. Yep. (laughs) So like, and my role since the time that we've been together has always been being that kind of, um, I'm a Virgo. So I, I really hold the container Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways for, for that work. Mm -hmm. And I find that a valuable role and one that I'm really good at. And one that, you know, it's been that that's been a journey too of just like finding that balance of really creating the container for him to move out and do his work in the world while also wanting to build something for myself because as you can tell I have a lot to say mm-hmm. <laughs> totally um, <laughs> so I didn't want to lose that mm-hmm. but I but it and trying to get the idea of mumbox off the ground um, and being a mom and, and being all of that for my daughter was going to require a lot of resources that at this point in my life, I knew I just did not have and didn't want to sacrifice what I was creating and holding for my family uh, to try to get this off the ground. Mm-hmm. The timing just didn't feel right. So that was part of my reflection process is really digging into that and being honest with myself, being honest with myself about like, where, where do I really feel called to put energy into and trying to build this whole other business and really getting that up and running was not where I like, I I tune into my body energy a lot as kind of an awareness of like, yes, this feels good. No, this doesn't feel good. Or like, I'm on the fence about this. Mm -hmm. And when I think about doing the mum box, what do I feel my body? I feel anxiety Mm. and I feel my heart start to like, and I'm like, okay, okay. (laughs) 
let's not stay in that place. Yeah, that doesn't <laughs> you know? seem like, like a like, healthy place. <laughs> right. Let me not consciously move in that direction of anxiety. Right. Right. <laughs> Awareness. Right. Um, and and at the same time, I knew that, but there was truth in that part. There is truth in what I was doing, and I don't want to throw the baby out with a bathwater. Um, so what is the truth? And the truth that came through all of that, that the narrative that I've always really want, really been drawn to is this, this journey from maiden to mother. Mm. Again, that's the heroine's journey. You lose yourself and have to find yourself again, but you're not who you were before. You are this new version of yourself. Mm. And, and we're constantly doing that in our lives, except this is one of those original and very clear stories of where you really lose yourself. Mm. And so it, it, I wanted to hold on to that narrative. And at the same time, I realized a lot of my community are not moms. They, they may want to be moms at some point. They may be past the point of wanting to be a mom, or maybe that was never an interest of them. But, but as women, we had so much to share, and, and we really had a lot of the same challenges and, and stories. And I wanted to be able to connect with this community in a way that I couldn't with Mumboss. Mm. And so I really had to, to think about, well, it's the heroine's journey, and that's true for all women. We're all going through, you know, having to deal with a lot of these major issues. And so I, I, I took a moment and I, I thought about what are those issues. And I even talked to a screenwriter over the summer and asked him about his perception of the difference between a, a hero's journey and a heroine's journey. Mm-hmm. Um, and in plots and in movies, what they're really looking at with the heroine's journey are things that tend to be more internal. Mm-hmm. And so I looked at that and, and one of the ways that I'm kind of breaking this down is, is actually through the chakras. Um, and so there's seven major topics that um, I, I'm focusing on through uh, story circles and, and story of her and other kind of content I do. And these aren't necessarily directly related to what you may read about the that the chakras are related to. Mm-hmm. This is my <laughs> my kind of overlay. Um, so the first chakra, the first thing, money. You know, mm-hmm. money. I think for women is a different conversation than it is for men. Um, the next, sex. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was what we talked about this month in Story Circle, which was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, the third being identity, that solar plexus. Mm-hmm. Fourth, our heart relationships. Um, this is what the story circle for December. We're going to focus on um, relationships with self, relationships with family, with your partner. Um, throat communication. So as you can see, some of these are aligned. Yeah. Um, the third eye, beauty. Mm-hmm. The ability to see beauty and even in situations and things that don't typically seem that way to us. So having that kind of bigger vision. And the crown chakra, I am relating to um, mamahood, Mm. to mothering. And the reason I put this one as the crown chakra, um, and this this doesn't mean you have to be a mother. Again, this is about the creative container, the creatrix (laughs) capacity for women. Um, It's about kind of coming back and really honoring the great mother as being something that is 
with us at all times. It's in you like literally we're with her. We're stepping on her all the time. She's uh, that part of us instead of always seeing it as something that's above us mm. and, 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 and unattainable until we die. Mm. But seeing that is the, the, the ultimate is our capacity to create in the world that we're in today. I love that. that. I actually really like the crown chakra relationship because, you know, a lot of people think of that crown chakra as kind of um, connecting you to like your spirit guides or like, you know, the, the that realm. But I think that as women, like you were mentioning earlier, we're so connected to the earth and the earth's rhythms and everything like that. It's like there's so much communication that comes through us or to us from the earth. And so I think that's actually a really awesome connection. So. <laughs> yeah, and I think it's 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 kind of shifting that paradigm from thinking spirit has to be this thing up in the sky. Right, right. True spirit is all around us yes. in everything. You know, all 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 the natural. Yes, yeah, and that connection. Life. Yeah, the connection to the mm-hmm. the environment around us. Absolutely, very cool. Um, has your health ever come between you and your business? Um, no, no, okay. <laughs> no, not really. In fact, I would say the only thing that I would say with that is, um, cause I've, I've been pretty, I fairly healthy. I've never, I haven't really had any major health issues. Um, I would say it's been more of an inspiration, like pregnancy, mm. you know, that, that really shifted, um, my body, um, and, and that world, you know, so becoming pregnant really opened up this new journey for me. And I would say, being aware of my stress, being aware of like my energy levels just further propels me on my mission and my understanding of this great disconnect we have to ourselves and where that comes from. Awesome. This next question kind of flows into that and you've alluded a little bit with um, kind of like meditation and that whole awareness that you um, have been working on, but do you have any self-care practices to help you recharge? And if so, what is your non-negotiable? Yay. I love this question. (laughs) Um, my non-negotiable is daily writing. Um, I have a couple of daily writing, meditation and prayer. Um, and, and it's with daily writing. It used to be like from the artist. Uh, the artist way, you know, oh, where you yeah. like three pages yeah. first thing in the morning. So I was doing that for a while. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'll pick that one back up again. But for the past little while, I've been um, doing a, a daily poem. So I'm like 40 days of poetry. And this has been <laughs> just like, I had my husband give me 40 words. He didn't know what they were for. <laughs> and so like every day now I'm going through one of these words and um it's a challenge, but it is part of, I'm making it part of my daily practice just to like connect and go within and, and just, it's part of a, it's kind of a challenge. <laughs> I was wondering where those words came from. Cause I've been seeing them come up on Instagram. Like, where is she coming up with these words? <laughs> yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, probably do a little video or p- post a picture or something. So you guys can see my sheet. I'm, a, I'm at today's day 26. So I'm almost through. Nice. Um, they're not necessarily easy words to work with yeah, either. Yeah, that's why I was like, these are kind of random. Some of them are like, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's one. And then um, prayer and meditation, I um, 
it, it varies for me every day. So I don't have this like set every morning. I wake up, I do my 10 minutes. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I really work it into just my day, depending on what it, what, how it's unfolding, but I make it a priority. Like it has to happen at some point during the day. And prayer is really just a simple thing of, of gratitude and really just saying my, my, you know, appreciation and my hopes for myself and my family and the day and and the world and, and meditation for me is just taking those moments to just sit and quiet um, and and the more that I read, and I mentioned this before, of just like how ritual is becoming even more interesting and like kind of this non-negotiable. So I'm I'm finding ways to integrate ritual, and I think it's more just about the approach. So like every day that I'm making coffee, you know, just having this kind of awareness around ritual because what I'm learning is that ritual is really the the behavior or the the thing that we can do that brings us back into circle or connection with with nature mm. with the natural cycles and it's when we've lost touch of a ritual because that's kind of like this time where we we reconnect right and we recognize that there is rhythm mm-hmm. in nature and life and and when we don't have that we become very much in the go, 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 um, that triangle mentality and that we become running, we're moving all of our energy every day to propel quote unquote, the machine. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Like referring to our body as a machine. Right. And it's like, I feel like that's the exact reason why people are running around trying to fill this void, this void that they can't really identify is because there is this disconnect that you keep referring to. I think that's something I've been personally yeah. reflecting on a lot lately. But I I mean that the yeah. ritual and that reconnection, I can see that as sort of restoring that and helping people cuz you know people are like filling the void with alcohol and drugs and food and I mean bad relationships and I mean so many of those things right that end up being toxic to us. And so I think that reconnection is really one of the core yeah like healing mechanisms of I mean, so much of chronic disease and mental health and I mean, so much. Absolutely. And I would say, you know, all of those behaviors, obviously we want to do them in moderation, yeah. maybe bad relationships, just not at all. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, but, <laughs> well, they could be very learning. I, I okay. mean, I've learned they a lot. A good learning <laughs> That's <experience>. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So maybe we do need them. Um, I think even those, it's like coming at it from an approach of ritual, mm-hmm. you know, that just gives us this moment to slow down mm-hmm. and to reflect. Like I, I've been saying we do blessing at dinner. So part of my ritual now, I make dinner every night, mm-hmm. just about every night. Kaliana comes back from school. Um, she's started to help me in the kitchen. We make dinner together so and we sit down and we do a blessing at the table. And our blessing, it comes from, I think, a Waldorf. And it's um, to earth who gives to us this food, to sun who makes it ripe and good. Mm. Dear sun above and earth below, our loving thanks to you we show. Mm. And it's so simple, but it's just a nice way to pause before we like sit down and just dig in. Yeah, for you know? sure. So it's just those moments of, okay, take a breath. Yeah. We're here. Let's, let's <laughs> remember, like, this food didn't come, like, from nowhere, you know. it's This food was grown on the earth and... Yeah. Establishing that connection or reconnecting with that. Yeah. 
that process. I love that. Awesome. Um, what, if any, entrepreneurial tricks or hacks have you discovered to keep you focused and productive during your crazy busy schedule? <laughs> Right, shit down. <laughs> yes, <laughs> sticky notes all over the place. <laughs> I mean, I think everybody is going to have their own process, but I, for me, I'm much better, even if it's the smallest things, even if it's like send a text to this person. Because if I'm not doing it right then, there's obviously like a reason or something, but then I forget and then I think about it. And you know, all those things that just, take up brain space. Mm -hmm. So then when I'm sitting down and I have like 10 minutes, I realize like, oh, I can knock this out, knock that out, knock that out. And it feels really good to check it off. Yeah. But when I just keep it all in my head, it makes me feel more crazy because <laughs> then I'm trying to remember right. everything. <laughs> and it's taking up more bandwidth then... than it needs to. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So I have like notebooks all over the place or sticky notes. You know, <laughs> I've always got something and like, I, I keep buying pens because I hate not having a pen around yes. me. So like just simple things like that have made a big difference. And, and, and James and I calendar a lot of stuff out. So we'll, we'll, we, cause we are on the road a lot and traveling a lot and particularly him. Mm -hmm. Um, so like we, we really have to like book out in our calendars and kind of get a sense of like, what's the rhythm for this month mm -hmm. and what's the rhythm for, you know, this week. And, mm -hmm. and when we, we communicate a lot to try to make sure that we are like working together and, and, and helping each other wherever we're at in our kind of process. Yeah. You kind of have to, there's no other option. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We've learned that after 10 years, actually almost 12 years of being together. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Um, top three blogs or podcasts that you can't imagine your day without and why? I'm not super good at this. Uh, <laughs> I don't keep up with a lot of other content, but you know, it, ones that are, have been really influential in my mm -hmm. life. Uh, Marie Forleo. Mm -hmm, me too. <laughs> I think she always has. I mean, I really love her energy. Um, Seth Godin, mm -hmm. pretty amazing. Um, and I have started listening sometimes to, um, the podcast Atomic Moms. Huh, I haven't heard of that one. I forget her name, but she um, she has a really I like her approach too, and she's brought on some great guests. And one of, one episode she had on the psychoanalyst and looking at the shadow side, Ooh. particularly shadow side of being mother. Um, I, I love I love Jungian stuff too. Mm. Awesome! I will definitely um, write those down. Oh, and Esther Perel. Oh yeah, Esther Perel. She's awesome. Ugh anything from her, the state of affairs. Yeah. Um, new book. No, where, yeah, the state of affairs, but, but her podcast on audible. Yeah. It's, um, um where do where we, do we begin? begin? Yep. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Awesome. So good. Yeah, she's so good. So if you had a little magic in your pocket, what is the one thing that you would change in the world? The movement from the triangle into the harmony of the circle of the triangle. So just, I think it's, if I could, sprinkle magic fairy dust on every single person it would be this remembering mm. of our history of her story of how we were before the time of patriarchy mm. just so we can remember 
that 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 there's that imprint mm-hmm. so that we could carry that awareness and the truth of that time and what was what's valuable from that into today's world. I love that you use the word remembering because you also mentioned just like how women today are just walking around with, you know, 4,000 years of witch hunt and all of this stuff. So it's like our body remembers that, but it's like, why can't we remember the other piece, you know, and really bring yeah. bring that into the forefront? <sighs> and it's definitely there. You know, I think there's... It, I'm seeing a lot more, and again, I'm in LA, but I'm seeing a lot more um, uh, uh, events and and classes and workshops around um, menstruation Mm -hmm. and learning our cycles Mm -hmm. and how that relates to the moon. There's a lot more new moon and full moon circles. And I think all of those are part of this remembering. Um, really, and, and Mama Gina and her work with Pussy and kind of this reclamation of our body and our sex. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like those are really key steps in this process so that we recognize, like, this is my body. Totally. Like, you don't have ownership over my body. Yeah, you don't have and, ownership and I don't need to have shame. Like, this, yes. is, just, this, is, this just is and it's okay, <laughs> like, bringing that back. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So we've been alluding to this throughout our whole interview, but now is the big question. What is your current project or passion? <laughs> <laughs> story circles. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So story medicine is kind of the overarching theme of what I'm doing. Um, and, and I mean, you guys should be able to gather all of that by, by everything I've said so far. Um, but I've started doing story circles, um, and the first one was October. And where what it is is we bring women. Um, right now, it's been at my house around a fire, and each month is one of these different themes um, that we went through, like the chakra themes. And um, set we start by I start by setting the context and the container for why we're together, why we're in circle. Um, and then everybody in their little goodie bag gets a Oracle card. So uh, Oracle cards can be like affirmational cards or angel cards or whatever. I, I look to find the ones that fit the theme of the night best. Mm-hmm. And the card that's in their bag is quote unquote random. Mm-hmm. But when we go around in circle, the women have the opportunity to share why this card in relation to uh, the theme. So what that allows for is we get out of our heads, right? Because we're either like, oh my God, I don't know. I don't have a story to tell. And <laughs> sex, sex is such a big topic. Uh, again, J, J, uh, shame, judgment, all those things that come up, right? Mm-hmm. And, and takes that away. And we're all in the same playing field of nobody knew what card they were going to get. And that card came up. And it is so powerful to see how it aligns with people's story. And I, I, you could probably give them any card and they'll find a story to go with mm-hmm. it. But it, it really does open this up mm-hmm. for women. Mm-hmm. And, and the three major rules of Story Circle or the agreements that I like to set forth when we start is there's no crosstalk. So we don't talk on top of one another. You don't give feedback. And what's shared in Circle stays in Circle. Mm-hmm. The idea being that 
there are times when we want our girlfriends to give us feedback and we have those kind of conversations or we go to our therapist or our healers or what have you. And, you know, all of that, I'm not, I, I think is important. There's important tools that need to happen outside of this. Um, but the goal with the circles, again, is just to create that safe container to share, to be able to voice whatever it is, this narrative that's been inside of you into the fire and then for us to relearn the art of deep listening and holding space. And as we begin to do that, we hear each other's stories and we realize like, oh, wow, like I've been there or I'm feeling that way right now. Mm. And then we start to learn that like, oh, actually, like I may have different characters. My stage may be a little different, but my story is pretty similar to yours. We're the same story. Mm. And that that in itself I believe is very healing. And then at the end of the circle and closing up with this opportunity for forgiveness mm. to self so that when we begin, when we, when we leave it with the, or when we, when we close the circle with forgiveness, it creates an opportunity for a new story to be created. And that's, that's part of the vision. So the story circles, I've started them in LA. I, when I'm traveling and going places, I'm taking them out with me. Mm, so, um, so I'm going to be in Georgia next month. So I'm going to do it in Georgia. I'm going to New York in January. So we'll be, uh, so we'll do it there. And the ultimate vision actually is to create resources and tools for other women to um, host circles and to really be able to build their own communities where they are at. That is so awesome and so powerful. I love that idea. I love that idea for a lot of different reasons. But one thing that kind of comes up for me is, um, and I don't, I'm not sure where, where it comes from, but, um, you know, as an entrepreneur, I have this very masculine sort of edge to me. I have this drive, I have this whatever, that these qualities that are um, very linear, right? And I feel like, because of that, I've almost pushed my relationships or my connections with women to the side. And I just love the idea of like bringing that back and really um, reconnecting with, you know, the, our feminine in general. <laughs> it's just so cool. Yeah. I love that. Find a little bit more balance. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Awesome. Is there anything I didn't ask you that you want to share with our audience? I mean, I could go on for days, but <laughs> I would say just kind of wrapping it up with this idea of reflection and gratitude and this, the transition that I've made this year, those are the two pieces that have really helped me to step into a place that feels sustainable, that feels in alignment, that feels, um, like powerful and moving the mission forward. Um, and it's, it re, that reflection really takes, I mean, it starts with reflection. It, it starts with that, taking that moment to pause and really think about how am I spending my energy? And is this, is this productive for me? Is this, is this, and if it's not productive for me, it's not going to be productive for the world or anybody else. Right, right. Like that, we just have to come to that <laughs> agreement, right? Like <laughs> that's foundational. Um, and so that having that sense of reflection and having a woman there, my coach there, telling me and reminding me, yes, this is okay. Yes, this is okay. Yes, you need, it needs to be in harmony with you. 
And then in having the gratitude of also recognizing, like, I don't need to force my, my position right now or my business or my career. Like, I need to just really appreciate what my world is like right now and have gratitude for all the things that are going right and well, and there are plenty mm-hmm. of them. And utilize that, be in that flow of that energy rather than against it because th- that's where all of the, the stress and the, the dis- further disconnect from the people in my life and myself comes from. So it's being in, taking that moment to self-reflect and then really seeing what is it, what's going right and well in my world, having gratitude for those things and moving in that direction. Excellent. How I'm sure women are going to want to find you. Can you share where you are located on the interwebs? <laughs> yes. So my website is rachelmaskell.com. Um, I'm definitely on Instagram and that's Rachel Monique Maskell. And YouTube, um, which if you put in, I, I think you'll, you'll, the l- links will be in, in the, um, show. Yes, notes. I will put all yep. of the links okay. in the show notes for sure. Yeah. And you can find me on YouTube too, uh, Rachel Monique Maskell, although YouTube search isn't always as yeah, good. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, I know that I personally have a lot to reflect on from this interview. Super, super powerful. And I just really appreciate you sharing your wisdom and your journey. And um, yeah, I just, I had such a lovely time chatting with you. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you, Michelle. I feel like you you gave me an opportunity to sprinkle some little magic fairy dust on these. So. <laughs> I sure hope I so. I hope it soaks in. Heck yeah. So there you have it. I hope you got a serious dose of inspiration when it comes to the power of your story. Be sure to check out the calendar and see if the next story circle is in your area. Also, tune in next week in episode 24. We'll be talking about gratitude. What's all the hype? How it affects your body and how to implement it for a more positive effect on your overall health and wealth. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great rest of your week. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Females and Fine Fettle from Wiped Out to Wealthy, a podcast to fit your lifestyle. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe, rate, and review at femalesandfinefettle.com. If you have questions or topic ideas for upcoming episodes, we'd love to hear from you. Please be sure to tune in next week.